All right, let's pray and uh, let's get in the Word. Uh, Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, being good to us, Lord. I thank you for your grace and your mercy on our lives. And uh, we don't really deserve it, God, at all. Uh, we're not good. Uh, we we don't do the right thing. We think the wrong things. We uh, say the wrong things. We act on the wrong things, Lord. But you're graceful uh, and you still desire to use us each and every day. So I do pray that... Uh, as we get back into just the book of 1 Corinthians and we see kind of how uh, the church at Corinth was getting it wrong, I pray that we would just evaluate ourselves and make sure that we're not uh, finding ourselves on the same side of the coin. Uh, God, uh, Lord, we also know that your grace and your mercy is enough and we see them get back on track uh, later in uh, the book of 2 Corinthians. So I do pray that we would just use this as kind of just a self-examination, Lord, that we would just be back uh, to the basics of what you've called us to do, uh, God. And even though today is a little more teachy on the side of things, uh, I do pray that you would just uh, you know, use me. A lot of this stuff uh, people have heard, but I do pray that uh, it comes out clear and concise anyway. pray you get the honor and the glory. pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches this morning, that you would just uh, uh, really just uh, fill him up so he can pour it out, uh, Lord. So I pray you get the uh, the glory from what's going to be said, uh, and that we would just uh, you know, stay focused on you in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, open up to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So we're we're slowly plugging our way through the book of First Corinthians. Uh, vision conference and everything else has kind of gotten in the way. And so uh, <clears throat> last week we or the last couple weeks we were uh, in the first part of First Corinthians chapter three, and uh, we kind of what did I call it? It was just a carnality self-examination, right? It was just kind of like a self-check, all these different things, the first part of 1 Corinthians, and it was just kind of a way for you all, because it's not my job to judge you, uh, right? Um, it's, it's, for, it's for you to examine yourself uh, on where you're at with these things, but it was kind of a carnality self-examination. So there were six self-checks to measure your carnality level, right? And so does anybody know what they were, uh, any of them, uh, on the spot? What? You're able to feed yourself, right? Cheeseburgers and all. I'm not going to lie. Yesterday was a really good day. I had five guys for lunch, and we grilled burgers for dinner. It was like, how does it get any better than that? Uh, burgers for breakfast. Uh, burgers for breakfast. <laughs> and I got to hang out with my wife all day. So um, so uh, what, were, what were some other ones? I, I don't have them in front of me, so I'm, I'm counting on you guys to know them. Do I have envy in my life? Envy in my life, right? Am I part of any divisions? That's three of them. Is there strife in my world? What was that? Do we look the same as the world? I think there's one more. Or did I count wrong? Do I look down on people who think differently than I do? Because that's kind of one that really... The other ones, it's like, okay, I can call that out. But sometimes we're like, oh, you don't go to church. Oh, you go to that church. That's even worse, right? Oh, you're a Catholic, right? Or, uh, oh, you're... And we kind of look down on people. And it's like, sometimes they just don't know any better. Sometimes they just don't know. Oh, you read that Bible. Well, guess what? I would rather them read that Bible than no Bible, right? Obviously, if we can sit down and discuss why we use the Bible we use, then great. But... You know, too often we look down on people, oh, you're a part of that ministry. Oh, and so anyway, go back and listen to that. Uh, but then <clears throat> the whole point was to get to uh, the end of that, and there was one sure way to get it out of your life, to get, you know, carnality out of your life. What was it? Man, you got to know this one. Being humble. Hum- humility, right? Just, just humility, being humble, right? Uh, learning that you honestly are absolutely nothing, and God is everything. Uh, you can't really do anything. And he can do everything. But when you try to do things in his power and you allow him to work through you, man, it's crazy the things that you can do. And so humility is kind of the the answer to all that. And so that's all kind of review. And so building on this thought of humility and and that we're really nothing without God, 
uh, Paul begins to, you know, he goes on in this chapter, he's, he uses analogy, right? And it's kind of one that I'm kind of familiar with, right? And so uh, he uses this analogy of uh, building, right? And he really, he kind of points out this building inspection process, right? And so if you got your Bibles, I'm going to start at the beginning of the chapter because it's not that long, but we're going to pick up in, in verse 9, uh, to get into what we're doing today. And so uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as a spiritual, but as a carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He's like, you're not really that mature, so I'm not going to talk to you like you're mature. Uh, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, uh, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am a fall, in another, I am a parl, all Apollos. <clears throat> are you not carnal? Do we come to church to say, oh, I'm at this class or I go to this class? Or No, we come to church to worship Christ. That's the whole point. Uh, he says, are you not carnal? Uh, verse 5, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, but Apollo, uh, Apollos waters, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Verse 8, uh, now that he planteth, it, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his uh, own labor. So that kind of encompasses everything we talked about the last several weeks. We'll just pick up where we're going to get today. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now if any man... Now, now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive reward. If any man's uh, work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, so as by fire. So that's what we're going to talk about today, right? And so there's a lot of doctrinal, deep, stuff here, right? And it's not even really that deep. Like, really, this is, I don't want to say it's surface level, because uh, we talk about some of this stuff in Lesson 16 of D1, right? We talk about, uh, really, this this passage uh, is talking about the judgment seat of Christ, right? And so, you, if you've been through D1, you've probably at least heard of some of this stuff, and if you've been through D2, you've heard in depth some of this stuff. But uh, I kind of said it when I was praying, today's going to be a little more teachy-esque, uh, just because that's that's kind of what's here. And I want to make sure that if there's somebody in here that hasn't kind of heard this, that they kind of get what we're, I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, gloss over anything. So I want to make sure that you're, you're right on track with what we're doing. But in, you know, typical me style, I've got to like, at least somehow make it to where we can, we can track with it, right? And so there's always kind of a list, there's always something. And so, uh, I have uh, three inspections of your life at the day of judgment, right? There's three inspections of your life at the day of judgment we're going to talk about today. So, you know, when we're building a, a house, and when I say we, it's kind of a coincidence that Tyler's here today. I work with Tyler every day, right? And so I just follow him around and hold his hammer most of the time. But uh, anyway, so when we build a house, uh, especially when you're somewhere, you know, we, we do our best to build uh, other than Cass County, where there's lots of inspections. But uh, when, we, when we build a house, uh, there's, you know, 
there's an inspection before somebody can move into it. We can build this entire house for somebody, and we can be done, and the people can be ready to move in, and the inspector can be like, nah, Jack, they ain't moving in there, right? It didn't pass its final inspection. You, you, you cannot have occupancy, right? Uh, in, you know, it, ha- we, it has to pass inspection before it can be lived in, right? And there's a lot that can be compared to this building that you're building in life or this ministry that you've been building throughout your life. Uh, and ultimately, it's got to it's gotta pass God's inspection before you're getting into his house. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be saved, you're not going to get in, and we'll get to that at the very end. But at the end of the day, you can be working and working and building and doing all the things that you think are right. And at the end of the day, if God tries them by fire, they might all burn up, and you're going to have a hard time having anything to give back right when you get there. Now, again... I'm not saying you're not going to get saved. You you need to understand that up front, and we're going to get to that. But I don't want anybody to have this false preconceived idea at the very beginning that I'm saying you got to work for your salvation. Absolutely not. You know, but there is work that goes into everything post salvation, and it's to give God the glory. And so that you know, it's it's the same type of thing. And so as we get into these kind of inspections, right? And then let's just jump into it because I'm going to run out of time like I always do. So uh, verses 9 to 11, he says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Like, you're God's plants. You're God's uh, whatever, right? And then he says, you are God's building. Um, find where I'm at. Uh, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, right? Paul's a wise master builder. He builds on what God's already put there. Uh I have laid the foundation. Now, when he says that, he doesn't, he's not claiming he gave salvation. Some people will try to teach you that, oh, that means that, you know, Paul's claiming, no, Paul didn't do anything. He says, I laid the foundation, which is the word of God. I gave you what you needed so you could understand salvation. That has to be the first point, right? He says, I have laid the foundation and another man buildeth thereupon. He's, he's going back talking about how him and Apollos and all these other guys, they're working together. And you need to stop trying to follow just one guy or any, you know, I might come in here and, and, and teach one thing that God has given me. And then Brian gets up there and preaches and it's really cool. You always know that like, I feel like I'm really in, uh, God's will with what I'm teaching when I, whenever, you know, I'm just given what God's given me. And then I roll in here and then Brian's just like, re, he's not preaching the same thing, but like, the same points are brought up. And it's like, that's the Holy Spirit just affirming that like, hey, you know, I must be doing something right. Whereas, you know, sometimes you teach something and then Brian's in there and it's like the exact opposite. And I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> I'm not where I need to be. So, but the whole point is, you know, he, he says, I've laid the foundation and another buildeth thereupon. Stop following men and follow Christ. We're after one common goal. Another buildeth thereupon. He says, but let every man... Take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay that, uh, than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Um, now, if any, uh, that's as far as I'm going, right? So this this first quote-unquote inspection that we're going to talk about today uh, is what was your foundation, right? This first inspection that you've got to go through in life is what is your foundation, right? And so there's there's two different parts of this. For saved people, this happens at salvation, right? This inspection happens at salvation, and you realize that, well, there's nothing that I can do anyway, and Christ did it all, and it's taken care of, right? Uh, this this foundation level thing, you realize that God is the only foundation that we can have. We can't do anything on our own, right? And it's all through Christ. When you get saved, you've been trying your whole life, and you've been trying your whole life to do this, that, or the other. You've been you've been working so hard to work so hard, is what you know, Casting Crown says, right? And there's nothing you can do. You finally realize that God's the only foundation you can have, right? For saved people, this happens at salvation. Uh, somebody uh, flip over to Romans 10, uh, read 9 to 13. Sorry, I don't have... 
I've been trying to get away from the computer thing, mostly because it just drives me crazy, and so I don't have the verses in here. So somebody read it, and then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, yeah, Romans 10, 9 to 13. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right, it, it doesn't say that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord you know, might be if you do enough stuff. You know, it doesn't say that if you stay in God's will long enough, you're going to be saved. It says if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That is the foundation that I build on. There's no question, right? Uh, when we work, you know, we put like, you put concrete in and it's hard to take that stuff out, right? And so you want to make sure before you put the concrete in the ground, this is where it goes. Because if not, the building's going to change to match the foundation. Because it's easier to do that as opposed to take, if you're going to build a foundation, it needs to be on Christ, right? And so we understand that if you're going to call upon... And this is very basic stuff, guys. If you're going to call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It's not like a, you might be at anything else. So your first inspection is like, if, if you're saved, that happens. But for the lost, this happens somewhere else, right? Uh, this inspection of life happens somewhere else. Does anybody know where I'm going? Where would this be, right? This happens at the great white throne judgment, right? If you're a lost person, God will give you until your last breath to get saved. He will give you every opportunity, right? And you might say, well, you know, the grandma so-and-so never got to hear the gospel or, you know, they never really had the, the I'm telling you, creation cries it out. So, you know, Paul says that if, even if, uh, if I didn't say anything, the rocks would cry out. So, you know, who are we to... So you have it until your last breath and then what happens? You, you, the, the great white throne rolls around. And so this is kind of, uh, again, I told you guys, this is like D1, uh, less than 16 kind of stuff. So there's two, there's two judgments. And we're going to talk a little bit about these. And again, this is kind of teachy and not uh, so much personal stuff. But you got to make sure. So uh, Revelation chapter 20. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you. Verse 11 to 15. It says, And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat there on, or him sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Them is anyone who didn't accept Christ. He's really not bothering me, so you don't have to leave if you don't want to. So it's all good. So okay, it's no big deal. I just wanted. Um, he says, uh, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened. That was a book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. God gives every one of those people an opportunity to explain to him why they why they deserve to be there, right? Well, what, what did you do, right? Well, I, I did a lot of good stuff. I went to church a lot of years. You know, I did all these different things. And then he, he compares that to what? The book of life. He compares that to, did you accept Christ, right? I, those good things, that's awesome, man. Um, but that stuff burns up in the fire, right? And we're going to get to what that means in a little bit, but he compares it to the book of life. And then, you know, this is not the passage that everybody really likes to love, love to go to, but this is the truth. Verse 13 says, and the sea gave up the dead, which were in it and the dead uh, and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. Cause hell is just a holding place for where, uh, eternity is going to be for these people. And death and hell, uh, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If we're saved, this is like super simple. It's like, yeah, my foundation is on Christ. Move on. 
But man, we, we live around a lot of people whose foundation is not on Christ. And at the end of the day, uh, this is a passage nobody really likes to go to, but this is the truth of God's Word. And this is why we need to have a burden to actually get something done for Christ. And it doesn't mean that I need you to go to lunch today and shove the gospel down the, the waiter's throat who is busy waiting on 15 other tables, right? Uh, maybe just pray for him, right? Uh, maybe just uh, have an opportunity. And, and if uh, an opportunity shows itself, like I'm never going to be the proponent of going out there and just shoving the gospel down somebody's throat because that just is a turnoff to them. They're going to go the other way. But build a relationship, have an opportunity to share the gospel and, you know, lay the foundation for somebody and allow somebody else, some other Apollos to come along and build upon it, right? That's the whole point. Do your part. And that's kind of what we're getting at. So you, the first inspection you're going to have is, is what is your foundation? If you're saved, it happened at salvation. If you're lost, he'll give you every breath that you've got. But it's going to happen at the great white throne judgment. That's just the truth of God's word, right? So we as saved people, most of you guys know this, but just in case you didn't know this, we as saved people, we will not be going through the great white throne judgment, right? I believe if you compare scripture with scripture, we'll be present. We'll get to see this happen. Right. Uh, I've always thought about it like this way when I teach through D2. I've always tried to explain it this way is, you know, I, I envision this as like a huge stadium. I don't know what it's going to look like. Right. But and we will just be kind of spectators at this thing. And every person uh, who is lost will get their turn to stand before Christ and we will get to watch this. Right. And the thing that like really burdens my heart is every one of these people will, will get the chance and they'll 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 give their spiel of why they should get in. And God's going to say, well, that doesn't line up with my word. That doesn't go along with uh, what Christ came to die for, you know, and and every one of these people is going to know somebody that was saved. And man, they're going to turn. And I'm just I'm terrified that somebody's going to turn and they're going to look at me eye to eye in this massive stadium of people and say, why didn't you tell me, right? Why didn't you try harder to tell me that this was the truth, right? And so we will be spectators, right? The tears aren't wiped away uh, until after this happens, if you compare how the whole end times things plays out. And I'm not super end times kind of guy, but I'm just telling you, if you look at the chronology, chronology uh, of how these things play out, right? This great white throne happens before our tears are, 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 are wiped away, right? And that happens because if there's somebody that looks at me and they're like pleading at me, why didn't you try harder? There's going to be tears, right? If, if my family members, if people that I got to work with over the years, if, if these people that I minister to, if they're pleading to me, that that's, that's not good. And so that's, that should give you a burden guys. And so where's your foundation? That's the first inspection. Let's move on because you know, most of you guys, I would assume uh, in here uh, are really good uh, posers. If you aren't saved at this point, because you're here every week, but uh, anyway, so the second inspection, right in verses 12 and the first part of 13, uh, how are you going about the building process, right? So there's multiple inspections. If you're uh, doing things around here, they want to come and look at things multiple times. Like they don't just say, okay, I'm going to come and look at things right before they move in because I could hide a lot of things with, you know, drywall and uh, painter's caulk. So you, know, you can hide. They want to see things before we cover them up. So uh, this would kind of be compared to that. And how are you going about the building process versus, uh, let me get back over there. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 3. That's not it. Uh, verses uh, 12 and 13, it says, Now if any man build upon this foundation, this would be you, right? You are any man. I would assume that that includes you. If any man build upon this foundation, meaning you've been saved, and now you want to do something for Christ, that would be you building upon the foundation. If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, right? 
And let's just, let's just stop there, right? How are you going about this building process, right? And so this part, this inspection per se, this is only for saved people. Uh, lost people never make it past the first inspection because, you know, they, they didn't get saved. They didn't accept Christ. So these next two are only for saved people just in case you're uh, tracking this thing down. And so this is kind of God's way of correcting you through your life here on earth. This would be him chastising you as a son. Have you ever done something, found yourself in a situation where you probably weren't in God's will and you feel like, you know, you're just like running in to a wall over and over again, or right? Paul says it feels like I'm kicking against the pricks, or you just feel like God's giving you a little, you know, rod action. That's God's chastisement, chastising you as a son. The same way that we would our children, like, hey, uh, I'm going to give you this because it's it's a whole lot better than what you're going to get, right? Uh, I'm going to, you know, give you the, when they're children, it's super easy, right? Like, I'm going to give you the rod to teach you, right? But as they get older, it's like, hey, uh, this consequence is a whole lot better than your car being wrapped around a tree, right? This consequence is a whole lot better than you fill in the blank, okay? That's God's way of chastising us. This is God's way of, throughout the building process, saying, hey, this isn't up to code here. And if you don't get things right... It's not going to go well for you, right? Because there is a judgment coming for you. It's not the great white throne, but there is a judgment coming for you. And nobody wants to be that guy who gets there and has nothing, right? This is God's way of throughout life saying, hey, I understand you're saved. I understand you're, you're trying, but let's make sure that we're trying godly things, right? We're, 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 we're walking along, right? And, uh, it's his way of, you know, correcting you through chastisement as he sees you as a son that's trying to be conformed to his son. That's the whole point. If you're trying to get anything else done in life other than being more like Jesus every day, you're kind of off. You're off track. And I understand what being busy is like, right? I don't know if any of you in here are like, I'm just, I got extra time all the time, man. Like, I've watched everything on Netflix. I don't even, like, I don't even know what, how Netflix works, right? And so, it, maybe you got it, but I understand what it's like to be running here and running there. There's no reason to be doing stuff just to be busy. If it's not godly, if it's not edifying, if it's not bringing glory to God somehow, Right? It, then, then it's a waste of time, guys. Um, I gotta, uh, flip over to, or you don't have to go there, I'll go there. First Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 31 and 32 uh, says, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Notice it says, for if. Not you should, but if we would just do this, Paul's saying this, if we would judge ourselves, uh, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, not if we are judged, when, it's coming, we are chastised of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. I would rather get a little spanking from God every now and then. I would rather, you know, feel like I'm butting my head into the wall every now and then and finally figure it out uh, than find out that I was wrong my whole life. I would rather the chastisement come in phases as opposed to all at once at the end. I hope that makes sense because that's where we're at, guys. God's not so much looking at, and, and this is... during this kind of phase of life, where you're at right now. God's not so much looking at what you're doing. Now, he is looking at the individual things that you're doing, but I mean, like as a whole. He's not so much looking at like, hey, how much glory did this ministry bring me, right? How much glory did your life bring me? He's not looking at big picture. That comes later. He's looking at more of the individuals, right? The inspector doesn't come in and he's not looking at like, hey, do the lights turn on at this point? He wants to make sure that all the connections are grounded, even though he doesn't really look at all of them. He just looks at like three of them. And did you realize there's like 300 in this house, right? But he's looking at more of the details of your life. He's looking at why did you do this? What was the heart behind 
doing that for your wife? What was the heart behind doing that for your kids or your husband? What was the heart behind trying to have people in class? What was the, he's looking at more of why you're doing what you're doing, right? He'll, he'll talk about what glory got brought to God at the next one. But at this point, he's, he's looking at, he's, he's much more looking at, uh, he's not so much looking at what you're doing, but instead how you're doing it, right? Uh, the, the, the details that go into it. Um, let me flip over to um, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5. I usually don't have a whole lot of verses uh, for you guys to flip to, but again, this is kind of uh, teachy a little bit. So, Peter, or not Peter, Timothy. 1 Timothy, I went to first, uh, Peter. 1 Timothy chapter 5, um, verse 24 and 25 says... Uh, some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men uh, they follow after. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, uh, and they that are uh, otherwise cannot be hid. Meaning, some people are after their glory right now, right? Some people are they're doing everything so they can get their recognition right now. I'm not after that. You know, at the end of the day, if, if what I do uh, makes me kind of look good and it makes God look good too, then fine, I'll take a little bit of that light. But at the end of the day, I'm after making God look good. And so even if that makes me look bad in the process, even if I don't get the glory with uh, the situation, you know what, if God's getting the glory at the end, then that's where I'm at, right? Uh, I'm more after what's going to happen at the final judgment, right, than getting my glory now. You know, even if you know some people are, they're really after... You know, yeah, I, w- I want to do this in the ministry, but they're after like, they're after people looking at them. Like, hey, I didn't see you at, at church. Oh, yeah, because I was working in the ministry, right? I was taking care of the kids. Or, yeah, I haven't been to, to, to class in several weeks because I've been in the ministry. I'm like, I, I already knew that. Like, I'm, I'm well aware of, you know, who's working where. And it's just people trying to, you know, they break their arm trying to pat their own back so much. And so there's no point in all of that. So, you know, but this is, this is kind of like how you're going about the building process. It says, if any man buildeth thereupon. Hopefully, once you've been saved, you've decided, I want to do something for God. I want to build something for God. But make sure that as you're doing it, you're doing it for His glory. Right? Because you'll find out in the next one, the final in, quote-unquote inspection, uh, that God can see right through all of your, you know, churchy facade that you've got going on. Right? Uh, the, the third inspection here as we get through verse 15 is, what... I'm sorry. Whew. Will what you built still be standing after the judgment? That's the real question. Will what you built still be standing after the judgment? I don't care if everything that we do looks really shiny and fancy. You know, uh, we we kind of joke around at, at work. We can build a lot of things, right? We can do a lot of things that look really cool. And you know what? They're all going to burn, right? I've poured a lot of concrete in my life, and even that concrete's going to burn. I don't even understand how that works, but I'm just telling you, uh, that's what God's Word said. It's all going to burn. And so we need to make sure that the things that we are doing are somehow getting God glory. You know, I go to work every day and drive nails or whatever we do, rake concrete. It's different every day, right? Pull electrical wire. It just depends, right? And we can do a lot of things, but those will all burn. I know that for a fact from God's word. So how are those hours of my life going to still bring God glory, right? How are the relationships that I make doing those things? How are the people that we minister to doing those things, right? How are all of those things? That's, that's God getting the glory in the details. That's, that's what we're talking about here. And so you get to this last one. And, well, what you built still be standing after the judgment, right? 
Again, this, this third judgment here, this is only for those who are saved. This is what we would know. So if, if the lost people go to the great white throne judgment, where do saved people go? Where is their judgment? The judgment seat of Christ, right? It's called the judgment seat of There's two judgments, right? So you're either going to go to the great white throne judgment or you're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ, okay? This is like, this is D2 stuff. I mean, you've probably heard it in D1, but this is definitely D2 uh, stuff, but I want you guys to understand it. So we will all be present. I'm sorry, not all. I'm sorry, not all be present. We will all present our building to God and he's going to judge accordingly. Now you might be like, what building are you talking about? Well, go on, just fast forward for next week. Verse 16 says, know you not that you are the temple? Well, a temple is a building. So you're going to present your temple, your life, your body, right? Not physically body, but it gets left behind. But you're going to present everything that you've done to Christ. And here's one thing I know for sure. He'll judge it accordingly. Uh, He is the righteous judge. You might know people that have been to court, uh, and that's not fair. That's not how that should have played out. I'm, he's, he's righteous, and it will play out exactly as it should, right? Because he's, he is the, the, the judge. He is no respecter of persons. This is known as the judgment seat of Christ, right? We will all present our building to God, and he will judge accordingly, right? Uh, Romans 14, 12, uh, somebody flip over to 2 Corinthians 5, 10 to 11. I'll read Romans. Romans 14, 12 says, uh, the page before, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Not some of us. Every one of us will give an account of yourself to God. You all will do it. Every one of you will give an account to you. Well, I was busy with, you know, uh, work. I was busy with taking care of kids. I was, you know, really busy at church. I was busy, you know, at school. I was busy playing sports. I was busy. To... God honestly doesn't care. Everybody's busy. Right? I've learned that in life. Everybody's busy. Everybody's busy with their thing. So is your thing bringing glory to Christ? Because if not, we're going to find out what your thing is going to do. Somebody read uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, and 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. You're all going to present it all. There's not going to be anything hidden. Like, well, that really wasn't for God, so he won't judge. No, he's going to judge those things too, right? Uh, and he will judge the things that you, quote unquote, did for him. And we'll see how, how true they really were, right? Uh, pick up and, uh, I'm not there anymore. I'll read the last little bit of where we're at in 1 Corinthians and we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, picking up and, uh, verse 13, he says, For every man's works will be made manifest, for the day shall declare, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, uh, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he sh- uh, himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Right? And so, God's going to, at this judgment, God's going to judge everything that you've done for him. Now, understand this. God's not, I want to make sure you do get this. God, at the judgment seat of Christ, you will not be judged for sin. You won't be judged for sin that you did after you got saved. Because Christ, when he died on the cross, he knew the things that you did then. He knew the things that you were going to do today, and he knows everything that you're going to do in the future. His blood was enough for all of that. Your sin is atoned for, right? So the judgment seat of Christ is not to chastise you for sin. The judgment seat of Christ is to find out how many crowns you're going to be given for the things that you did for Christ. What did you do for me from the day you got saved till the day you died? What did you do? 
How did you redeem the time? What did you? Well, you might be like, well, I'm too young for that. Well, I'm too old for that, right? I, I, I'm somewhere in between on all that. Well, guess what? God wants the glory every day, right? That, that's what it's all about. Um, we're all going to present our building to God, and He's going to judge accordingly. All the wood, hay, and stubble, when you put that in the furnace, what do you think it's going to do? i got a boiler that heats my house, and you can put just about anything in there, and it'll burn, and it's gone. And it's just like, that's crazy, and it wants more wood now, right? And it's just like, just keep putting it in, right? Just keep it. All wood, hay, and stubble is going to burn, right? What does that mean? All your good intentions. Well, I was going to do that. All your wasted opportunities. All the things that you did that you did for your glory a little bit, right? All those things are going to burn. God's going to look at those things and they're going to be gone before like we even get to the real stuff. All right? The last thing you want is to bring wood, hay, and stubble to the judgment seat of Christ. Well, I was, I really wanted to or I was really going to go or I really wanted to be. And hey, What did you do? I mean, the, you stand before Jesus and you're going to be like, oh yeah, I was going to. No, well, I, it's a good thing somebody else did, Right? Good intentions won't get you anywhere. Those are gold, those are wood, hay, and stubble, right? But then it says all the gold, silver, and precious stones, they're gonna survive through the fire. What are those things? Right? Those are the things that you did that brought God glory. Those are the things that kept the mission moving forward all the time, right? The things that didn't really shine light on you, but God got the glory for, right? Those are the people that were saved because of something you did. And it doesn't always have to be because, you know, you were there when they prayed. I can't wait to get to heaven for the, I mean, a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons I can't wait to get to heaven, I, I can't wait to, hopefully, I really hope this happens. This is going to be a really let down if it doesn't happen. Uh, hopefully, I meet people that come to me and they're like, I got saved because of you, and I don't even know who they are. But like, you shared the gospel with this person that eventually got, they didn't even get saved when you, and they eventually got saved, and then they shared the gospel with me. It's like, like those are those are fruits to your account that you know not of. Right? We all like to look at the things that we know that we did, but guess what? Sometimes we're just out there sowing seed. Right? We were talking about, uh, uh, what was, what's, what's the comedian's name? Uh, Tim Hawkins, right? So did any of you watch that, that video, the, the hand raising video this week? Man, I'm telling you, if you didn't know, but he also has another video. He's talking about, uh, you know, teaching in the, the, the children's ministry, like little kids, and he's like, well, we're in there like throwing goldfish like chicken feed, right? Just, just throw the goldfish out, right? And he, uh, Sometimes that's what we need to do with the gospel. Just throw it out there like chicken feed, right? Maybe the chickens won't eat it, but the birds will, right? Maybe the person that you intended it for aren't going to hear it, but somebody might, right? You go to school and you share the gospel with somebody and they're like, you're a fool. Well, guess what? There's a lot of other people watching at the same time. Same thing happens at work or on the job or any of these things. I'm telling you, man, I can't wait to get there and find out that there might be people who are there because of something I did and I didn't even know I did it, right? It's just like, cool. Like, I don't know. How else do you explain it? Like, that's really cool. Like, I had a part in something bigger than me. Oh, wait, that's what Christianity is. Right? That's why we do what we do. That's that's what it's about. So, man, because of something you did. And the last thing I want to make sure that you understand from this passage, you know, I, I didn't go through this super, like, doctrinally teachy, but I want you to understand. Because it goes on to say, if any man's work, verse 15, shall be burned... Meaning, you brought all these things that you thought you did for God and he burned them all up because they were all wood, hay, and stubble. And you're like, oh, I ain't got nothing to show for this, right? If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. God's not going to judge you at the judgment seat of Christ and say, you were worthless once you got saved and I'm going to cast you into lake of fire. That will not happen. You can do absolutely nothing for Christ from the day you get saved moving forward and you're still going to be there. But here's the question I have for you. Do you want to be the naked guy in heaven? 
Uh, do you want to, because all these things that we do, that, you know, we get crowns for these things. You know, we get, they, they build our glorified body. And what do we, we know that we cast those things back to Christ. But like the, the thief on the cross, man, he didn't do nothing for Jesus other than right before he died, accept it. And he'll be there. Man, but who wants to be the naked guy in heaven? You know, do things for Christ. Give him the glory while you can. There, there are inspections set up because you're not going to occupy the house until it's been looked at. Right, And so don't think that you're just going to sneak in. You're not sneaking in on your parents' shirt tails. You're not sneaking in on your wife's you know, religion, your husband's religion, or anything else, right? And that was one of the hardest things when we taught in the youth was like, you're not getting there because mom and dad come to church. You're only getting there because you accepted it. And man, that's, that's hard. But that's real. Real. That's real. And I don't know what that's like. Combination of like southern and midwest all at once. That's real, right? Anyway. That's real. That's all I got, guys. We'll pick it up next week when we talk about the temple. But really do kind of think about these things because it's easy to get caught up in, I do a lot of stuff for God. Well, uh, does God get any of the glory for it? Because uh, for God doesn't mean he gets the glory. So make sure the things that you do, the relationships you have, the conversations you have, they're, they're giving him the glory. Everything that you're going to present, man, it'll just be purified seven times in the fire. I guarantee you throw a stick of wood in the fire, it's not purified. It's gone. You know, but you throw something true in there and he's just going to purify it, right? And it just gets better and better. Think about that. Like the things that you did for God that really were for his glory, the people that you got the gospel to and actually got saved, like when you present them to the the fire of God, they actually get better instead of worse. And that's that's something really cool to think about. So let's pray and we'll get out of here. Sorry I went over. I would say it won't happen again, but it probably will. Uh, let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Passpoint class, Lord, and uh, just those who are faithful uh, to be about your business. And, uh, Lord, there's a lot of people who uh, are here today. There's several who aren't. So I do pray for them. I pray for the things that are going on in their lives that um, just have them in different places uh, right now. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would just uh, uh, get the glory uh, from everything that we do uh, here at HBF, whether it be uh, disciple people or teach the word, uh, or just, uh, you know, make relationships. Uh, God, I do pray that the preaching this morning from Brian is just powerful. Uh, it's impactful. And Lord, that we're just fired up to get back into the work week uh, because of it. So Lord, I do, I pray you send us out this week as lights in a dark world. You get the all, all the honor, all the glory in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Thanks guys. I'll see you soon.